Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. It's that time of the week again, time for some footy and time for some fun. How about you get nude and cover yourself in honey and relax? This is the Weekly Wodge. You've been warned. Round one is done, my tipping sucked then again, it always does. We're not done here on the podcast though, we're only getting started. Let's rip in, legends. When does a prop forward play his best footy? Many experts reckon mid, maybe late 20s. Well, if that's the case... Look out for this 21-year-old beast. From the West Tigers, Stefano Utokamanu has joined the podcast. Mate, thanks for your time. When do you think a prop can play his best footy? Uh, yeah, I think probably mid-20s to late-20s. I think that's when a lot of good players uh, are mature and they, they realise their role in the game, and especially over these last probably 10 years the game's changed a lot so everyone's probably had to adapt to the game especially me myself everyone everyone's probably had to shed a few kilos and you know being in that that middle age 20s I think they really realize you know that you have to make a lot of change and then you have to be good at adapting to the game because the game's always changing so yeah I think that mid-20s is probably the the good age for where players hit their prime yeah, probably about the mark. You've got two really awesome teachers at the Tigers in James Tamo and Alex Twal. Obviously both great players, but I believe great trainers and great mentors for a young bloke as well. Yeah, yeah, they're they're two of the best, I think. Um Jimmy Tamo came from Penrith, which was a really successful side the year before he came. So and even before that, he's been pretty successful himself. He's done it all. You know, he's played for New South Wales, played for Australia. And you can just tell when he comes, he has that, you know, aura about him and that he's a good leader. And he just, he knows how to talk to the boys, which is good. I think that comes with experience. You come, you come with different, you know, you come in and out of different groups and you yep. see different people and he's probably taking that on. So um, I, I think I take a lot out of how he talks to the group, which is it's really good, especially Twali. Twali as well. He's he's really good at talking to the boys and getting, you know, what he thinks out and discussing with everyone, which is a really good trait to have. Mate, as a young bloke, do you learn more during the eighty minutes of footy time on the weekend, or are you learning more at training, talking to these guys in the locker rooms after training, and just absorbing as much information as you can? Yeah, I think that definitely during the week, that's when you learn the most, you know, from from coaches especially. You know, we, we have a new two new um, attacking and defensive coaches and they've been really good this year. It's been a good change. So um, just having their different view on the game yep. and 
how they can incorporate what they know into training and how we how, and how we take it on. Is there one area, mate, that you've looked to improve over the off-season? And if so, what is it? Um, I think definitely my defence. Just my movements in defence is yeah. a big one, especially because the game's getting really fast and it's kind of taking the bigger man out of the game. So um, I think one thing I have to improve on this off-season is my defence. So that's probably one thing. Great chat, great insight. Always a pleasure, big fella. Good luck on the weekend. Thank you. What an amazing six months it's been for our guest. He was given a ring, he signed a document, he moved into state and has been handed extra responsibility. Sounds like he got married, doesn't it? Not the case, but Kurt Capewell, when you put it like that, it's been an amazing few months. It has, mate, it has. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been very fun and I guess, yeah, it's been a great ride and hopefully it doesn't stop now. What stands out from that? magical grand final day your, your favourite memory is there one thing above anything else that uh, you reckon you'll take to the grave I think uh, having my family in that there is probably yeah. pretty big after the last couple of years with COVID so uh, and having like been able to play it in Queensland too and you know it's unbelievable it was everything it's what dreams are made of as a kid it, you know and all your way through your footy career you dream of, of obviously lifting that trophy like that mm. and then I have a photo at home where I've left the trophy in front of my family and that, and it's pretty special to me, so. That is huge. I reckon you'll be doing a few copies of that for the family as well. Uh, an amazing chain of events from a personal perspective, from the Sharks to Origin to the record run to a grand final, it seems things are working and it, it just it clicked. Everything was right place, right time. Yeah, definitely. It's... Um... It was a bit of an unbelievable run, really, considering, yeah, I guess when I went to the Panthers, I I knew that they had a pretty young squad and I knew they had some talent, but to go on then to play in two grand finals and um, then, you know, I, I, I doubt I would have played Origin if I wasn't at the Panthers too. So, um, yeah, they really helped me develop my game and, yeah, I'm grateful to the Panthers for what they were able to do for me. Hard leaving after such success, or or is it made easier in the fact that you're able to separate footy and business slash life? Yeah, but yeah, don't get me wrong. It was it was a very hard decision to make, and I tossed and turned over it for a few nights. So, um, at the end of the day, I was I was always going to look to get back up to Queensland and, and be around family, and yep. the opportunity arose to come back at the Broncos too, where, you know, it all started for me and they're a great club. And as I said, they've got a great young squad and heaps of talent as well, much the same as Penrith when I first went there. So um, when that came on board, then, um, you know, it was a pretty good deal. And in three years, I thought I'd be pretty silly to pass up an opportunity to, yeah, like I said, get back up around my family after being away from them for so long. And um, during COVID, it got pretty tough down there. So, Took that up and uh, yeah, had to had to ring Ivan obviously and, and let him know. And it wasn't an easy conversation for myself. Uh, I got a little bit emotional, but um, yeah, as I said, I, I, Panthers always have a soft spot in my heart, and yep. I'll always have the ring at the Panthers. And hopefully, I get another one at the Broncos. First impressions of the Broncos, mate. Good, bad, indifferent. So much has been written and said about them in the media, but as we often know, the media is not always right. 
yeah, um, I guess, you know, that they, 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 as I said, they've got an amazing group of talented young players that are coming through and I've seen them at training, mate. They are that hungry and that determined to, to turn everything around and now we've got Renner at the helm of the ship too. He's um, mm. steering us in the right direction. So I think when, when you combine how hungry all these young guys are and the talent they have, and then Reno steering them around the park, I yeah. think, um, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be it's a good recipe for a great outcome. As a footballer matures, which is a nice way of saying as a footballer gets older, uh, their role evolves. Yours certainly has in the matter of, 12 to 18 months, the term leader, how does that sit with you? Yeah, no, it's definitely something that I've worked on and uh, it's credit to Penrith too. When Ivan got me there, he said he wanted me to be a leader Mm. Um, and, you know, he taught me a lot while I was there off the field as a leader and uh, we had a great leadership group there and if I can bring, yeah, a bit of that stuff to the the Broncos, I'm sure it'll help out as well and we've got a couple other good leaders here at the club, Um, maybe. Big Darky and mm. uh, Renault, so some older heads around, which is good because I'll learn a lot off them as well. Mate, what leaders over your career have had an impact on you that you've played under and I guess learnt from because they're the guys that may shape how you lead? Yeah, oh, I've had so many, mate. It's sort of hard to hard to point them out, but <laughs> obviously, you know, Luke Lewis, yep. Wade Graham just in my position. So there's two pretty good heads to mm. two pretty good brains to pick. Um, then obviously I had Gal, Hino, Mick Ennis while I was there. So this, the names are everywhere. And then I go to <clears throat> the Panthers and then I have Ivan, the coach. Um, Cameron Sorello was really good for me. Yep. Um, and then uh, some of their older boys, James Tarmow, um, Dean Fare when he was there. They, so they've had they've had some great leaders there too, where I've been able to pick up a lot of stuff off them. Twenty eight years young now, fella. Um, there's some talent in the system that you you touched on earlier. Payne Hasker, Tony Staggs, obviously the standouts. These two could be absolutely anything. Yeah, well, you know, he, you can just see from Payne, he, he's a genetic freak, and he's such a good bloke as well off the field. Which, you know, it's. It's it's crazy to see how humble he is when he's this good. Mm. He's, I've never seen anything like him, and I just I'm that happy that he's on my team. Uh, even he's a decent bloke, even if he's a New South Welshman. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it leaves a bitter bitter taste in my mouth saying that. But yeah, <laughs> mate, I've read a few times um, certain sides saying if we make the eight, it's a pass mark. If we don't, it's a fail. For me, that's a uh, a tough comment. Is it as cut and dry as that, or is there more to it? Um, I'll put it this way. I haven't missed the finals in my career yet, and I don't plan on doing it now. So I think we've got the squad to be able to play finals footy. And, um, yeah, it's all, it's all up to us. When the ball's in our court, you know, we can do what, what we want with it. So there's, there's, there's yeah, enough talk's been talked now, it's, and it's time to, yeah, I guess show, show what we've learned. Wishing you every success this year, my man. It's always a pleasure. We'll chat again soon. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. If you'd like to be part of the Unfiltered team, get in touch, legends. We've got different levels of sponsorship for different budgets, from podcast sponsorship to social media endorsements, 
personal appearances, voiceover work. Basically, our deals are limited only by your imagination. We'll work with you to ensure you get what you want, when you want, and how you want. Get in touch again at our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au, and hit the sponsorship tab. Next week, I could be promoting your company to the hundreds of thousands of potential customers Unfiltered is reaching each and every week. What separates this podcast from any other is that we've done it so every episode, any episode, doesn't date ever. You can listen to any of the 250 plus episodes and they'll be current and they'll make sense at any time. Here's some proof. This is a bit of the podcast from last year, 2021, with a cracking story from the great Chris Flannery. In Clubland, the Roosters were the benchmark in the early part of the century. In 03, 04, you'd make the grand final but lose. In 04, though, one of the more amazing stories of the game, a a story of courage, of commitment, no doubt, or single-mindedness, but also one of a nutcase, quite frankly. I'll let you take up the story of the GF, what happened and what you went through to play. (laughs) Yeah, look, it was... Uh, yeah, quite a uh, bizarre build-up to a grand final, I guess. Yeah. Um, we played the North Queensland Cowboys in the prelim final, obviously the week before, and the sun, it was the Sunday game. And first run of the game, I, I got a bit of a knee in the Crown Jewels, and um, you know, I was quite sore. And played on through that game, and obviously got to the the, the end of the game. We we won by a field goal. Brett Finch kicked a field goal yeah. to, to get us into the grand final, uh, the two thousand four grand final uh, against the Bulldogs. So. I came in after the game and had, you know, was, was still quite sore in yeah. the uh, in the crown jewels, and uh, spoke to the doctor and the physio, and they virtually just said, "Look, just see, let's see how it settles overnight, and and see how it is in the morning." So, I've woken up the next day, uh, probably about four or five in the morning, in a, a fair bit of pain, and um, yeah, looked down, and I had these two big avocados between oh. my legs. So it was, um, yeah, I was in a. I knew I was in a bit of trouble. Uh, it was both of them? No, it was just one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had a ruptured testicle, we, we later found out. But, um, yeah, so I went in and, and saw the doc uh, Monday morning and virtually got taken to hospital straight away. Uh, oper- operation, I think, on the, the Monday afternoon. And I was in hospital for um, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, yeah, they... They repaired it, luckily, but, um, yeah, obviously still in a fair bit of pain and uh, and whatever else. So went to Roosters training, got out of hospital on the Wednesday and went to Roosters training on the Thursday morning and wow. Gus Gould was there and he said, oh, how, how are you feeling? I said, well, I'm not too bad at the moment. I'm, I'm pretty dosed up on painkillers. Yeah. I'm feeling all right. And, and Luke Rickerson had actually been suspended the day before for a, a high shot on uh, on Nathan Fiend so we were down a back row so Gus sort of um, started painting the picture of you know if, if, you, if you can play this game and you know we win it's going to be a, a magical fairy tale to tell yeah. everyone and all this but uh, yeah I, I ended up on the Thursday ended up having a run with the boys and and, and it went okay and um, yeah came, sort of came back the next day Friday and jumped in for a bit of Training and uh, yeah, look, I got through the sessions. Okay, I definitely wasn't feeling hundred percent. No, but, um, it was probably if, if I didn't play, it was going to have to. We we're going to have to bring probably a player up who hadn't played a lot of yep. footy for us that year, and 
Um, yeah, so ended up sort of committing to play on the Saturday and, yeah, captain's run and, um, yeah, as we know, we, we know what happened. You played with extra protection? Yeah, yeah, I had a uh, I had a softballer's box on, so um, which was was quite interesting, sort of running around with this uh, softballer's box on. But uh, yeah, I remember in one of the tackles, um, the ogre Marco Merli, uh, he uh, he sort of went for a bit of a grab. He said, "This is a G up, isn't it?" But uh, yeah, I said, "Mate, I would have I would have thought of something better than uh, this to come up with if it was a G up." But uh, yeah, so no, it was a. Yeah, it was just a bizarre build-up and, you know, to play a grand final after coming out of hospital on a Wednesday certainly wasn't ideal and it would have been a great fairy tale if we'd managed to win yeah. it. But, you know, as, as we knew, we sort of, um, you know, we were up 13-6 at half-time and, uh, yeah, managed to managed to get overrun at the end, but uh, I think it was 16-13 in the end. But, yeah, it was, it was a tough game and, you know, the Bulldogs were, were definitely uh, playing some good footy. Are the balls or boys, almost said balls, are the, are the boys or the balls all right now? Have you had any further complications? No, no, everything's been good, mate. Yeah, yeah. obviously we've got two uh, beautiful girls now, so uh, everything's working okay. But, uh, we love yeah, that. It was, it was definitely uh, yeah, touch and go there for a while. Great yarn. Never gets old talking about someone's nuts, does it? Now, on the fact you can listen to any episode at any time, let's rewind and go back to episode 11, with the Coltrane, Dave Taylor. Were you intimidated by Wayne Bennett yeah, when you first met him? Yeah. Oh, it's Wayne Bennett. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. An amazing footy side, the Broncos of that era. You joined and you debuted in 06. You played just the one game. What do you remember of your debut? Um... I remember Jamin Lowe running over me. Is that right, Big J-Man? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's all a blur, really. I don't remember my debut that much. It was – I just remember – actually, I do remember there was 2,000 people at ANZ Stadium <laughs> and South were coming last and uh, they beat us. Oh, no. <laughs> it was supposed to be their worst year ever or something like that. And um, I just remember – Running down that 10 minutes, you run up and down the field to warm up yep. a little bit while you sit on the bench. And I remember someone yelling out, who's that? <laughs> Didn't <laughs> I was know. Like, yeah. I, was like, I was like, yeah, I definitely made it now. <laughs> yeah, a South's tragic. Who's that? The club won the premiership that season. You didn't play in the actual grand final, but you are in the squad. Do you consider it a premiership to your name? I would. No, no. I got 50 bucks, though. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only played the one game that year for the club, uh, but I was flying because I went to school here in Yapoon. Yep. Uh, I was flying from Rockhampton um, down to Brisbane to play reserve grade for the Clydesdales yep. every weekend. And, yeah, it was yeah, it was only the one game, so I don't really feel like it was sort of part of that premiership team. What were the older fellas like to a young guy at Brisbane? Were they leaders? Were they examples were they hard on the young blokes? Were they just plain annoying pests? Which which one or all of them? All of them, but Petro. Yeah, they were. Oh, we had yeah, Thorny, Petro, Webke, um, Tony Carroll, uh, Dane Carlo, Corey Parker. Um, Hell of a four pack, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Um, Neville Costigan, um, Sam, Sammy. Yeah, it was. I walked in there my first training session and I 
put my bags down. They were sort of just bench, and I, I said to um, I asked the trainer where I can put my stuff. He goes, "I'll oh, just put it here." I don't know if I was going to stitch up or not. Put it there. Webkey walked in, he's grabbed me bag and threw it across the room. He goes, oh. Who the fuck put that there? Yes. And I just went I just went hidden in the corner. And I, <laughs> I waited till he walked out went before I went and picked it up. <laughs> I like, there's no way I'm picking it up. No, nah, not in front of him. <laughs> nah, but, oh, yeah, one of the great kids. No, nah, it was um them boys you had to earn your stripes so you couldn't yeah. couldn't really talk or it's so different these days yep. with um young guys coming through. Even Josh McGuire got the back end of it. I was yep. a young, I was a young guy, so I had to go do everything. Go get coffees. Had to go get sort of whatever they wanted, sandwiches. Yep. Um, whatever they told me to do, I had to do it. And that happened until Josh McGuire come in. Thank God. Hey, let's go back even further. Episode two and Parramatta's Mitch Moses. What about Nathan Brown, your good mate from your junior days? He's like the Benjamin Button of the weight scales. He was heavier at 14 and 15 as little chubby Brownie than he is now. Yeah, 100%. Uh, mate, there's, there's still some photos floating around. Is of, there? Of him playing reserve, of him playing reserve grade at, um, at the Tigers and his, and his face is just fucking out there. Yeah. And, um, but, mate, he, he just plays the game at 100 miles an hour and, and – and I love it. I, I just love playing with Bernie's one of those players that you love playing with because you see how much passion yep. he plays with and how much it actually means to him yeah. to, you know, when he loses a game, he's fucking off the world yep. and he's filthy, but he'll move on straight away. And he just, he wants to win. He wants to win for you. Yes. And it's, it's a, I don't know, it's a weird way to put it, but he wants to win for you. He wants to show you that he's, he's all in. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And, yep. and I just love that passion side of, of the way he plays his footy, and um, you know that's why I've, I've probably been so close with him for um, since my Tigers days, I guess. For a halfback, a hooker, or a fullback joining a new side is difficult enough, but mid-season, mate, that is a massive change. You've got different coaching, different plans, different calls, different players inside, outside, yeah. different theories. What stood out when you arrived at Para? Yeah, it was um, it was pretty it was. Pretty challenging, uh, to be honest. I had to, I had to, I had a fair few meetings. Brad chucked me a game plan, boom, and I dead set walked around the house with that for fucking really? however, however long, just yeah. reading the thing, reading the thing, um, watching. I ended up watching some. I think they were playing. They were playing the next day or something like that. Okay. And, um, I remember watching their game and watching what they're doing, where what spots they're getting to on the field, um, how they were doing it, and. And it, it actually made my transition going into the into the team a lot easier. But uh, my first couple of weeks, I think I think Normie Normie did his knee that week. I'm pretty sure Normie did his knee that week, and then I had to go in. So I was like, "Fuck!" There's even more pressure yeah. on me now. I'm, man, I had to jump in there as a seven and pretty much take control of the team straight away first week in. Um, we didn't have the we didn't have the best of games. I didn't have the best start to to my Parramatta career. Two sensational legend series interviews right there. They all are, actually. They're all different as well. It's a bit of footy, a bit of life, some cracking stories, some untold stories too, all exclusive for unfiltered listeners. The best bet, I reckon, go back to the start, download them all and make your way through the biggest interview library in rugby league. Next week on the Legends series, the great Lottie Dakiri. And doesn't he have a story to tell? What's your best memory of the 
the grand final day? Uh, score on the first try. Yeah. Score on the first try. Unbelievable. Like, Lockie ghosts on the outside, cuts me under. Um, it probably wasn't the most entertaining grand final, 2000. Mm. Uh, but we, um, we, 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 we just – we knew going into it, if we played our strengths and – I remember Wayne the night before he, he had the whiteboard out um, at the what was the hotel at Bondi? The Swiss Grand. Yes, uh, that's where we stayed, and um, he just put both teams up and just sort of went through them and said, "I wouldn't swap any of you blokes for those blokes over there. You blokes play to your ability tomorrow. They won't come near you." Something to that effect. That's a different approach, but a really effective one. It's almost. Marking you up against your opponent and saying, I back you. Yeah. That definitely worked for me. Uh, and, you know, guys like Gordy, you know, yeah. the, the bull. Have you had him, have you had him on yet, mate? you got yes. to get him. Okay, yeah. gotcha. One yeah. of the great storytellers. A great storyteller. Great storyteller. Yeah. yeah. Who were you marking? Were you marking Matty Singh or Anthony Minnitore? No, I had Minnie. Minnie yeah. was only young as well. Yeah, he was um, a baby. He was a baby. And I remember a few games against him. In a few years after, before he moved to fullback, he's one of the strongest blokes for a bloke being tiny. Yep, um, he's not tiny, but comparatively, comparatively, to yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking, and you know, he was obviously, I think he was a gymnast, and he's so yep. they're always tough, strong blokes. Like his core was unbelievable. I remember trying to put a shot on him. I did that game, but after as well, always trying to get a shot on him. You could never get a shot on him. He's just. He'd either hit him or you'd sort of, he'd sort of move out of the way and he could never get a shot on Anthony Minicello and then he, he, he had a great career at fullback as well. First full year of NRL footy coming up for our guest from the Gold Coast Titans and his first appearance on the podcast. Toby Sexton has joined us, obviously, Keen to impress this year. Did you get a break over summer, or did you keep training the whole way, mate? Um, well, I had a, we had a couple of weeks off there, two weeks there, and um, I did a little bit of training. But it's kind of nice to get away from footy. I think you you have that first preseason block, and it it gets pretty full on as well there. So it was nice the first week away. I just tried to catch up with a few mates and yeah. spend some time with the family, and yeah, I just tried to settle down a bit. And um, the week leading up to um, training, I got COVID, so it was um, oh. it kind of affected you yeah, a little bit. But um, I was lucky; I didn't miss. I only missed two days of training, so it hasn't affected me much at all, which has uh, been a blessing compared to some of the other boys. How's the off season been? Has it been a, a productive one, a good one? Yeah, I think it's been um, it's been one of our best. We were saying the other day, we feel like um, as a team, we're miles ahead of where we were the last couple of years and, um, in regards to our knowledge and understanding. And, um, I think we're making some really good headways and, um, the boys are definitely putting in the work as well. Some young blokes concentrate on getting their cardio right in an off season. Others need to put on the kilos. Some have to do both. Uh, which group are you in, mate? Um, mine's more, I think physically I put on, um, I put on four kilos over this breaker. I come in around 83 and I'm weighing at 87 at the moment. I knew physically I needed to put a couple of kilos on if I was going to um, be able to compete for the full year and um, my body being able to get through that, which um, physically I'm feeling really good. And then 
Um, in, in regards to the cardio, I think everyone has to do the cardio. Yeah. So uh, no boys can get past that, I think. Mate, you're an amateur. Four kilos. I've I've put on seven kilos over summer. I mean, this this is my greatest summer yet, mate. Um, have you set yourself personal goals this year or not? Is it just about uh, constant improvement, or do you want to set specific targets? Um, I've kind of just I sat down to myself and kind of kept to myself, but I've set three um, kind of specific goals that Good that I you. want to achieve and. Um, We've got a cultural, our Titans cultural guy that comes in and he leads all the cultural side of things. And I've had a couple of meetings with him on how I can achieve them goals. And I think it's just about simplifying my game and simplifying those goals. And I think um, if I'm able to do that, um, it's going to go a long way to have hopefully a, um, a pretty good season. Love the sound of that. The physicality of week to week first grade. How do you so set yourself up for that? Yeah, I, I know it's going to be a challenge, especially as a young halfback. I'm going to get tested um, week in, week out. But I guess I just got to prepare as best I can each week and just take each week as it comes and not really try and look too far ahead, I guess. And um, But I guess I've got some really good players around me as well that are, that are going to get me through it too. Great having you on the podcast, mate. Look forward to chatting again throughout the season. And good luck on the field. Thank you. Thanks for that. Would you like a personal message, something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, Swish, S-W-Y-S-H. Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Weekly Watch. I'm going to get a little personal here, but I actually have half a chubby because my man is on the verge of a long-awaited return. From the mighty Rabbitohs, Liam Knight is joining me on the podcast. Getting close, mate? Getting excited? Hey, Andy. Yeah, mate. Uh, getting pretty pumped up, mate. It's uh, been a strange couple of months, maybe half a year for myself. I'm ready to go. Frustrating? Does, it, does that sort of sum it up? Yeah, that's one word, mate. Frustrating. Uh, yeah, I was a, pretty happy to see last year out of my uh, out of my sight. To be honest, yeah. it was pretty fucked. With concussions now, I guess we we know a lot more than we used to, and more caution and more care is taken. That's great, but at the heart of it, you guys are just warriors. Your footy tragics. You love it. And you just want to play and you just want to be part of everything that the team's doing Monday to Friday as well. Yeah, mate. I've got a bit of ADHD. Sitting down, sitting still isn't really um, it's really my ball. But um, exactly. When you watch your boys or your mates, you know, you work hard with, they're working hard, they're ripping in, they're, they're doing their best. And you've got to sit on the sidelines and watch, mate. It was um, probably my hardest year to date, I'd say. Um, yeah. Returning to footy. I've watched you since junior reps. You're not the type that is going to ease himself back into it. You will rip in from tackle one because that's the type of bloke you are and that's how you play. Nothing changes there, does it? No, nah, mate. Like I just That's all I want to do is rip in with the boys straight back in. So 
Uh, I've been itching, been itching watching everyone train up all preseason. I've been running down my little sideline. <laughs> it's been torture, mate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't wait to just go. I don't know. All I've got that my mindset on is that first run, first tackle of the game. Mate, wishing you safety and success. Great seeing you getting close. Thanks for stopping in for a chat, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Can't wait. Clarkie's Call every week on Clarkie's RL column, which you can find on Instagram and Facebook. The great man, our starting halfback, Dane Clark, puts up his call for the week. What have we got, buddy? This week, Andy, I went with a bit of a bold one. I'm going Kurt Mann to make his state of origin this year for the Queensland Maroons. I think he could fit into that 14 jersey. Clarky, can you read me the exact wording that you use because some of the responses are brilliant. <laughs> so the exact wording was Kurt Mann to make his origin debut at 14. Brilliant, brilliant. And we love it, guys. Like Rugby League Cap Collector was just one. Sir JY all saying, geez, he looks a lot older than 14. I love the sense of humour of a rugby league fan. I do. And look, I may have intentionally worded it as such to see if I could draw out some funny lines there. And uh, look, the fish are biting, Andy. They certainly are. So who's had what to say, good, bad or indifferent? Yeah, fair bit to say around this, actually. And I suppose I should start by saying it is a bold call. Um, I do think at present there probably are a few people ahead of him. Uh, But, you know, injuries are a part of rugby league, and that's why I'm prepared to throw this one out. Uh, Jade Wild, she puts out a funny. She says, Clarkie watches round one and starts making calls on origin selections. And I just thought that that was pretty funny when I read that. That's normally round two or three, I think, we start actually officially talking about origin, sort of towards the end of March, early April. So I love that one. Who else has had their say? Yeah, we've got an Instagram user here, Big Dog Brog, fantastic username. He says, Isn't it? if he puts a few more shots on blokes like he did on Hargraves, then absolutely. And that was a fantastic hit that um, really changed the momentum for the Knights last round. He was good, wasn't he? He's, he's been a bloke... Um, much maligned over the years because he's never really been settled in a position. We have seen him play from one through to 12 and then to nine. So it'd be nice to see the young bloke get an opportunity at 13 regularly. Yeah, and it's only a few years ago, Andy, where we're talking that utilities don't hold anywhere near as much value as they do in the modern game. Fortunately for Kurt, they are viewed much more favorably now within teams. And as you said, he has experience everywhere within that side. And I just think um, maybe even if it's an 18th man for the Maroons, that versatility could help them in a tight situation. I think we probably all agree Benny Hunt's going to be the ideal 14 and is the ideal 14 almost in any side. We've seen a horror opening round with injuries as well. Um a lot of people had their say and said, won't help the Toads. It's going to be the Blues 3-0. Yeah, that seems to be the theme. And I think if we're going off last year, you probably can't discount that. Uh, the Blues were just far too dominant for the Maroons. The Maroons did make up some ground in Game 3, but I think if we're being realistic and looking at who the Blues had out, it's going to be a different side in Game 1 this year. So I think they deserve to be favourites. Even though, as we're recording right now, I am in a Queensland shirt, so keep that in mind. There you go, Clarky. Where can we find you on the socials, legend? All over social media. If you want to check it out, Clarky's Rugby League column. So that's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. Clarky's Rugby League column, it'll come up. And if you're looking for content on wider sports, Clarky's Sports column on Instagram. Best in the biz, full stop. 
This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in total control. You've got the steering wheel because you're asking the questions. Let's start with Ash Taylor. Joining us for Q&A from the Warriors, Ash Taylor. From the Warriors, Ash Taylor. That's That's got a ring to it. You, have you settled in, mate? Yeah, um, it's a lot different, obviously. Uh, I've been at the club at the Titans now for a long time, yeah. but... Um, changing clubs now, changing scenery. It's um, it's been a, it's been a good change, I think. I heard Adam Reynolds at a press conference yesterday when asked about playing his former club. He said it's no big deal. I'm a Bronco now. Same for you. Playing the Titans isn't going to be a big deal because you're a Warrior. Nah, nah. I, I think it's all part of the business. Um, yeah. I've still got some lifelong friends there at, 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 at the Titans, so um, I have no disrespect for the club or neither should they with me because um, you know, it's just good mates there now with yeah. them now, but um. It's in the past, and um, yeah, it'll just be another game for me, I suppose. They're a terrific bunch of fellas, the Warriors guys. Who's your crew there, mate? Who have you teamed up with? Oh, I've a few of them. Um, when I was on training and trial, I was, I was sort of getting to know the young blokes. Um, you know, like a Trey Fuller, um, Jaden Carrigan is a fullback from up CQ way. Yep. Um, and but you know, just sort of getting around the, um, some of the older blokes as well, like Josh Curran, um, Chanel. Tavita Harris. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just sort of trying to get to know everyone. Um, it's been good, a good change. Josh Curran's a loose unit. Yeah, he's a good follow. Yeah, <laughs> Josh isn't he? Um, so, sort of just attracted straight to him. Um, you know, we can, we can um, link with each other. Like, obviously, being Indigenous has made it a lot easier. So, yep. yeah. And now to the captain of the 1982 Invincibles, arguably, probably, and definitely, in my opinion, the most elite touring footy side ever. This is the great Max Krillich. Uh, last one is from Max the Roofer. Mr Krillich. Well, there's a good start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love my footy, always will, but I miss the old school rivalries that were literally born from hatred like the Eels and the Eagles. Was it hatred, though, from the players and the fans or was it just media hype, selling the game, a little bit of theatrics? Um, I would think a bit of everything, you know, the media hype, good luck to them. They've got to sell their papers and sell their TV shows or whatever. Uh, the players don't hate each other. They just want to go out and do their best. Yeah. If it means it's a blue, it's a blue in yep. those days. Good luck to us. We, just, we didn't care about it. We're putting the stink on. Um, the rivalry between Manly and Parramatta, then Manly and Wests. Um, yeah. Uh, the Firebase and Silvertails. Well, that was generated by. Um, um, was it Roy and John Singer? Roy, Roy. Yeah. No, John, it's not Singer then. It was Roy. Yep. Roy Masters. It was very clever because, honestly, man for man, they weren't as good a team as Manly mm. were. And, but, gee whiz, when you went out in the field, you know, a number of times, you know, uh, and one day Les Boyd said to me, they're after you today because he came to Manly and he said, I'll be told they're after you. And I said, well, I know how to fix that up. He said, don't worry, I'm going to fix it up. First scrum, I'm just going to belt Jack Jeffries. I said, what? Poor little Jack. You know, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very small little yeah. hooker. And I said, no. He said, no, no, we'll put a blue on and get stuck in on Well, 20 minutes went past, it wasn't a scrum. Unbelievable, no scrubs. Wow. But Les then drops the ball and puts one straight on Warren Boylan's chin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Warren, Warren Boylan wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't step on the cockroach if he was no. right across the rim. You know, he wouldn't hurt anyone. Oh, I love it. And, and Les um, went crazy. And uh, so we turned it around that day at Brookfell and uh, we put the blue one to them. And, and really, they didn't know how to handle it. You know, 
went the opposite way. They probably said enough's enough over the yeah. last few years because there have been a lot of suspensions, but we turned the tails. So, um, yeah, look, it was what it was. You can't do that these days. Nah. But, uh, it was nothing, but I've got to say, there's nothing wrong with a good blue. 100%. The thrower there can't wait to feature Max on the Legend Series in the coming weeks. It's an amazing interview and starts with... An unbelievable answer to the opening question. That's just a teaser. This is next level completely. Want to know what's coming up on the podcast? Well, stalk us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Andy Raymond. Share the love and share the posts. Galaxy Finance, galaxyfinance.com.au. Support those that support us. Joining us on the potty, one of my guys. Now, why is he one of my guys? Well, because I just love the loosish ones, the ones with a bit of mongrel, a bit of shit in their game, the ones that physically walk that fine line. And Jazz Tavanga, it is a fine line in 2022. You want to play hard. You want to play to intimidate because that's the player, that's the guy you are, yeah. but you just can't go over that line. Yeah, I've often, you know, been uh, we've pushed that fine line, you know, yeah. quite a few times in my career. But um, yeah, um, it's 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 sort of you know the game is uh, you know physical and yep. you know there's a lot of testosterone in that game. So, and I'm you know where I'm from and the way I was raised, you know, I'm quite you know aggressive young man. So. When I go out there, sometimes I just, you know, get too heated in the moment. And, yeah, yeah you just – you can't do it these days. You know, you can't – you know, you can play tough, but you got to be clean about it. And um, that's a conversation I've had with Brownie in, in the off-season. Um, so i got to, you know, sort of rein it in a bit and be a bit more cleaner. But, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm going to, you know, lose too much of, you know, the aggression. i yeah. just got to be a bit more smarter. Um, yeah. Mate, I reckon, and you've probably heard this, I reckon you were probably born 30 or 40 years late. Your style would have suited the 80s where you go out in the middle, you throw a few, but then you get it out of the system and and everyone just gets back to playing footy. 100%, bro, and that's that's what I wish, like, you know, I was was in that era, but, you know, fuck, I'm in this era now and I can't, you know, afford to do that. You know, I've even had chats with, um, you know, past players, Monty Beefham. Yep. He had a chat me in the off season and he's like you know i would have loved to have played with you and um you know which i loved hearing it but he said you know you just can't can't do it these days so monty yeah. a terrific fellow we had him on last year on the legend series on the podcast and he told the whole monty Beatham story even to the point there he'd be walking into a ground and the family would say please sweetheart no <laughs> punching today i i can't cop anymore uh, mate, a massive rap on you boys for, for what you've done and, and what you've sacrificed to keep footy going. It's been made a little bit easier this year. Um, the club has moved out of hotel or resort accommodation and you're doing your own thing. So it, it's more like normal living. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. it, it does make things a, a little bit more of a home feel, you know. You're mm. not just in and out of hotels and... Yeah, so you know it's it's been good to you know sort of lock down a, pl- a place here. We we settled in at Redcliffe. Um, I'm personally staying in Southbank um, with with my partner. So um, yeah, a little bit of a more more or more of a home feel um, to to you know our preparation and, and where we're staying. 
good sensible option too, moving in with the better half, mate, as opposed to bunking in with, you know, Josh Curran um, and a couple of the, the loose units. You've had enough of that for the last couple of years. Yeah, I think the single boys are all in the valley somewhere running yeah. a muck down there. So, um, no, it's good to be away from those fellas and, and, you know, sort of stay quiet with the missus. <laughs> How have the locals been? How have the locals treated you guys? Because, mate, to be honest, I think the rugby league community in Australia just sees you bloke as rock stars, as superstars for what you've done and what you've sacrificed. Have the locals been really good to you? Yeah, really good, Even especially in um, Redcliffe. You know, I didn't realise how big the, the league community was up here in Queensland, but, um, you know, it's massive. And, you know, you often get, you know, a few strangers just saying, hey, you know, thank you for, for doing what you're doing. How are you? You know, you're missing home. Blah, blah, blah. Just having a little conversation with us, you know, makes it a little bit, um, I'll stay a bit more welcoming, you know. So, they, yeah, they've been fantastic. Always a pleasure, Legend. Good luck on the weekend. I look forward to chatting again soon. Thanks, bye. With the Gold Coast Titans over the last few seasons, we've never been 100% sure exactly who's going to play hooker or even who the preferred hooker is. There's been a few. There's been a bit of a rotation. I reckon Justin Holbrook has nailed it right here. Aaron Clark has been given his shot. Excited, mate? Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, not just for myself, but for where the, the, the direction the club is heading. Um, the Everyone behind the scenes have put in definitely a, a, a nice little roadmap to where we want to be. Yep. And it's as a player as a part of the organisation, it's definitely exciting. What's your off-season look like, mate? What have you had to work on specifically with your game? Um, I think definitely was to control my weight again. Yep. Um, the back end of the year of last year, I kind of uh, hurt my elbow and then my weight kind of went up a bit. So it's definitely getting that weight down um, and just getting that speed around the ruck. Yep. Um, that, that probably part and parcel with the weight the more weight I lose, the little bit quicker I get. So, well, I hope so. For yeah. The weekend, but, yeah. So. Mate, if you're after any weight loss tips, you are you are on the wrong podcast and speaking, <laughs> speaking to the wrong bloke. Yeah. <laughs> a, uh, so much of the modern game and this faster game that we're seeing is momentum, big middles, fast middles, getting to their knees and elbows, quick play the ball. How much easier is it for a hooker when the big units are bending the line and, and making it fast? Yeah, I think with the game, the way the game's going now, if you win the middle, you're like a 90, 80% chance to win the game, I reckon. So, yeah. Yeah, with the calibre of players that are with us at the moment, mm. it, it definitely helps my job. And just all I know is, yeah, when you see him running, yeah, you know you're going to get a quick ruck. So, yeah. I just got to make sure. I put myself in the right position to um, take advantage of that. And, and that comes back to knowing your players and yep. knowing the certain ones that are going to yeah, get, get that done for me. Energy, energy, energy. The young blokes in and around you, the spine, they're enthusiastic, they're real footy players. But, mate, they are an energetic young young crew. Uh, you know, Brimson, Sexton, Campbell at the back, Tanner Boyd. You got real footballers and plenty of energy around you. Oh, definitely. Um, it's crazy, eh? Like you go through every single one of them. You got 
Toby, he's he's like got a got the nous of a experience like yeah. a Thurston or something. He knows he knows the game inside out. He can probably got the best kicking game, like kicking, yeah, that I've seen. Mm. Um, you got AJ, he can just spark something out of nothing. He's quick, gets to the, the three man so easy, easily. Yeah. Um, and JC's just freaking nature. Holy, he just glides across the field. He's got footwork. And then Tanner, like, he's come a long way. He's, mm. I think, yeah, his defense has come a long way and he's got that, that energy that you can just feed off. So it's definitely exciting for the club. Always great chatting, Legend. Really appreciate it. Look forward to chatting throughout the season again. Thank you, Andy. Cheers, bye. Aaron Clark there got a cracking interview with Aaron about his mum later in the season. Mum is a legend, an all-timer, Kiwi royalty. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. And if being polite doesn't work, maybe bribery will. One lucky reviewer wins an unfiltered trucker's hat every week. This week's winner of the unfiltered trucker's cap is Toretto, D Charger. Obviously a fast and furious fan, me too. He wrote on his Apple review, Missing the great man on TV, I get my AR fix right here. Keep up the good work, legend. How about you keep up the good work, legend? Love the review. Love the five stars. Appreciate your kind words, mate. Um, It's that easy. You can win the trucker's cap next week. All you need to do is leave a review on the podcast app you're listening on. Make it stand out. Make it funny. Give me something different and the trucker's hat could be yours. Confidence. We hear coaches and players talk about it all the time. Often it's the difference between a good win or a bad loss. It's the one thing in a game or a sport or even life, we can't actually explain where does confidence come from, where does it go, what does confidence provide an athlete or a team. The reason I'm rattling on is because our guest is coming off an unbelievable season in 2021, and in his own words, confidence was a difference. From the Sharks, Will Kennedy has dropped in for a chat. Always a pleasure, buddy. The confidence last year... Is that a belief in yourself that you can do something? Yeah, I think the confidence I took into uh, last year's season, um, yeah, I believe I, I can do um, something special um, at the Sharks and in, and in um, NRL. Um, yeah, just um, coming off a uh, con- contract, had nowhere to go and um, I think yep. I just trained trained hard and I just – thought that this is my last shot and so I took a lot of confidence in into into the training and bring it into uh, the game yeah you certainly didn't and it looked like from where I was sitting mate that you're really enjoying your footy even more so than years past if you do something at training or you do something on the field that's you know freakish or brilliant or whatever does that give you confidence or is it someone else telling you that Mate, you're capable of this. What do you get more confidence out of, doing something or hearing that you can do something? Um, probably doing something. Um, yep. Just get the confidence out of just um, probably the high balls. I was, I was coming up. I was very nervous um, okay. coming up into the grades. 
Um, and yeah, I just practice training, practice, practice. And then once I get to do them in the games, I, I get a lot of confidence out of that. And um, yeah, bringing the ball back strong as well. Um, um, sort of the on the little side of a, of a small bloke. And yeah. um, I think just having that mentality to bring the ball back hard, it um, doesn't matter what size you are, just as long as you, you can think that you can do it, um, yeah, you can just do it. Amazing, isn't it? Because we can't measure confidence like we can measure stats or metres. Uh, yeah. After such a good season, um, what's the goal for 2022? Is it about week in, week out consistency? Is it about improvement? <laughs> um, is it about building on that confidence? Where are you at? Yeah, I think it's um, just that improvement that I think I can go uh, next level and um I just want to be one of the known as one of those um, top five fullbacks in the NRL, and um, I think I I have it in me to do it, yeah. and um, I just got to believe in it as well. Really cool look at what is actually a really weird but relevant topic. Appreciate it, Legend. Good luck on the weekend. Cheers. Thank you very much. Stop. 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 No such thing as too much footy, so here's another interview for you. Make that 14 for this episode. The Australian cricket team came up with a really cool way to enjoy some fun off the training field many years ago. They split the group into the Julios and the Nerds. The Julios were the cool dudes. They dressed well. They were socially confident. They were the party boys. The nerds, they wore daggy clothes, preferred lying in their hotel room reading a book, and they were the ones that missed out on the fun. Want to try and work out who's who at the Brisbane Broncos, so we've enlisted hooker Jake Turpin for his analysis. Firstly, Legend, where do you sit? Which group are you in? Are you a Julio or a nerd? I think I've got to be a Julio because I think you you mentioned um, reading books, you know, for the nerd group, and I don't think I've ever read a book, so... Um, well, not a big book anyway, so I yeah. think I'll have to fit into that to that category, the Julio group. Love it. Okay, we'll start with the Julios, the cool dudes. Who's a Julio with you at the Broncos? Oh, uh, I think I think the captain would be actually our captain, Alex Glenn. He'd have to be in the Julio. He, he very you know presents himself very well yeah. and gets around with his boombox, plays a bit of music and all that. So I think he's a bit of a bit of a Julio. He'd be captain. Okay, now the fun part. And why the nerds? Who runs with them? <laughs> I reckon I've got some co-captains for the nerds group. Um, the two nerds would be Ethan Bullymore and Brody Croft. Is that um, right? Oh, they're terrible. Um, <laughs> Bulls, uh, Bull, even though we love him, he is the biggest nerd and doesn't stop studying um, in between training breaks. He just doesn't stop studying and whatnot. So, and uh, we, yeah, we annoy him the hell out of him a, a lot here. And, and Crofty is. Got the worst trend sense. He's he's twenty four years old and he dresses like my fifty year old father. So um, he's he's he'd, they'd be co captains of the nerd group, I reckon for sure. I love it. Final one. What about Coach Kevin Walters? Where do you reckon he sits? Mate, he surprised me. Um, he he is he's a pretty trendy trendy dad. Eh? He he gets around in some really trendy clothes. So he actually has, has hit me up. Um, about some pants that I've been wearing lately, um, and he's gonna he's actually ordered some. So he surprised me a lot, Kevy. He gets around in some pretty cool kit. Thanks for being a good sport legend. Chat again soon. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Obviously recorded last year with Jake Turpin. Interesting to note that anyone he mentioned, either a Julio or a nerd, no longer at the club. 
Okay, now it's time to hit the closer. If you've enjoyed this episode and you're loving the podcast, do us a solid and hit that five-star rating. Leave a review on your way out. Love you a long time if you do. Ah, take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldie, go hard on a five-leg multi, and don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last. Mm-hmm.